welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody, today on the Health Tech Podcast, we are throwing back to episode 263, the story of Medic Footprints with founder Dr. Abena Bubbers jones Now, what we have at the moment is plenty of clinicians looking to leave medicine and do other things. And whilst there is a whole workforce crisis and lots of things that we are doing and founders like Anas from Patchwork who are building big companies to try their best to solve that problem. Today we're talking more about those individuals, those clinicians and specifically for Abena and her company, those doctors that are looking for a change of career. Now, this throwback is also relevant, I think, to anyone looking to change their career and their sector and move into health tech. And Abena talks about, or I talk about with Abena, the push and pull factors that can push people out of medicine and that career into health tech and those that obviously pull into health tech, what are most important for uh, those future employers. We talk about startups looking to hire clinicians, what are good qualities to look for. And ultimately, there isn't really one answer and a lot of the devil is in the detail. But for anybody looking to change career, for anybody looking to move into health tech, specifically if you are a clinician or even more specifically a doctor looking to move into the health tech sector in some way or any other sector in fact have a listen to what abane has got to say about trying to and achieving that leave of medicine into a different career enjoy what are you looking for in those clinicians what makes them a good hire or indeed if you're speaking to those people themselves you know that are looking to do this stuff what should they be self-aware enough to realize what's good about them that would make them a good fit and so what's a, a doctor that can fit into a tech company versus one that perhaps can't like what are those qualities do you think from what you've seen i think that's a really good question and actually the one one of the core things i would caution a lot of these industry as well as health tech is that there's an increasing number of doctors who are looking to leave the NHS in particular because they're feeling burnt out, they're stressed, they're looking for other options. And what you need to avoid is hiring those particular doctors who are basically motivated by the push factors rather the push, than the, not pull the pull. factors, if that makes any sense. And I always advise those kind of doctors because they, 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 they genuinely don't know what they want to do. And it's not much of an investment when you're hiring someone who's literally confused and actually just needs a lot of coaching and therapy. <laughs> Very interesting. So that's the number one thing I would say to companies who are looking to hire doctors. Just be aware of that being a huge factor for a lot of people. How does that manifest itself out of interest? What does that actually look like in those you know individuals? Like, do, do they do they come saying anything particular? How, how do you so spot it's those? It's really difficult. It's really interesting because my husband is a non-medic and I work with him. And, you know, sometimes I say, hey, I get really anxious about, you know, sometimes. And he's like, I, I can't tell when you're anxious because you really put on a great front. Mm. And the reality is, as doctors, we are professionals and putting on a great front because that's what we have to do for our patients all the time. So it is so difficult to spot. And I, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, because 
when I think when we come to work, we give it our all. <laughs> you know, even if we're not even 100%, you may still think we are 100%. But the reality is, things may seem good for a time, and then there'll be a crisis point, and then we'll be off work. But it will be literally off work in hospital rather than off work in beds. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we do things really last minute, really last minute. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer like how someone can screen that objectively other than making sure you have a good health screening or well-being screening process at the start. I would also make sure you ask them why are you interested in this job? And that's one of the, the things that we do when we're getting people to apply for jobs. We don't get them to submit a CV as a first step on our site we say express your interests and specifically say why you're interested and that actually does tell you a lot about the individual and if they have not read the job description or if they are looking for an easy way out they will simply just talk about themselves without reference to the job itself so talking about yourself is fine but you have to refer it to why those skills are valuable to that company and what their mission and values are so those are kind of nuanced ways you can tell or they're like, I'm a GP and I'm looking for other options. Sometimes people do that and it's like, big no-no. <laughs> big no-no. And then they, you see you see the application come up like 10 times on different jobs on your site. It's like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think I think it's, it's really good advice. And I think that's also good advice for those looking to do something else as well. One of the most important things is being self-aware enough that you that you go to something that you are going to like and it's so important to know yourself first i just identify so much with that though of like that feeling of just of, of feeling frustrated and burnt out and wanting to do something different is overwhelming and you're just like anything else just like anything else is the salary about the same C cool i'll go into consulting it must be better it's interesting that to know yourself first and know what you're going to fit into is yeah. such an important step. And I think even when we think about health tech now, there's just so many places that people can fit into a health tech company, right? Like, as you said, you can go into leadership and chief medical officer. You don't even have to use your medical stuff. You could do something different. You could be, you know, in my world, you'd be on, you could be on content. You can be doing media stuff. You can be, there, there's so many different places that you can be utilized and used and, and, it's not the money that's going to make you happy at that point. You need to be on a, on a better path that's just going to be right for you. And I think, yeah, within those health tech companies, it works both ways. As the individual, you could be applying for lots of different roles within those health tech companies. But for the health tech companies themselves, they could consider clinicians in a lot of different places. And I think that's something that you've brought to the table for me there that I hadn't really considered before. I mean, we've, we've worked with companies who are hiring doctors in particular when you say clinicians i always specifically say doctors because i'm referring mm. just doctors here sure because that that is what what we specialize in they are hiring doctors not because they want doctors for their clinical skills or even their clinical knowledge it's the inherent abilities that that particular individual has in order to have become and worked as a doctor that they are interested yeah. in like, and like, for example, we've got a client who works with companies in the US, like really big brand companies as a innovation consultancy, and they are looking specifically for doctors. And another discussion we can have is at what point of your career as a doctor do you decide mm -hmm. to say move into industry or start doing other things? Do you have to have developed you know, years and years in specialty training and become a consultant or actually is your value right at the start? And this particular company was looking at 
doctors in the early years, like preferably. And I asked this question on my own uh, webinar that we do twice a week with uh, with high, you know, high, high flying, but high level doctors in high level roles as to when they left. And they've all left at different times, but they're all mm. really successful. And I think it really comes down to the individual. Having a broad base of experience in medicine helps, but I know people that didn't even bother starting <laughs> their foundation years and are working at like Deloitte, McKinsey, you know, it, it's about those in inherent qualities, that person that actually enabled them to be successful and pass that medical school. Very good point. Again, very good point. And I get asked this a lot from both sides. I get asked it from health tech companies at what point, you know, has someone done enough or at what point have they done too much? And the companies are worried, like, at what point is the best time to hire someone that's coming out of medicine? And, and on the reverse, I get asked by those individuals, how long should I stay in or or should I go now? Or is it best to da, da, da. But I always say it, it's, it's so individual that, like, for me personally, it was, I need my 10,000 hours. I really want to get my 10,000 hours. And at that point, I feel like I've got a specialty and like it feels that I can say I was one. And that was just very personal to me, but you're absolutely right. Like it is so individual and I I can't correlate success to when, to when people go and you've got far more data than me on that. And if you can't, then, you know, absolutely. It becomes a much more individual choice and back to that self-awareness thing, doesn't it? On the thread of that topic, have you been asked by a company, should I hire a specialist or a non-specialist doctor for this company? Yes, I have. And the reality of the answer, hands held up, I don't know. I cannot speak to an individual and whether or not they'd be better as a generalist, specialist, pre-specialist training, post-specialist training, I don't know. In an N equals one study, it's impossible. Um, so I've you know, very cautiously sat on the fence with all that. What would be your opinion? My, my advice would be, it really depends on what you need them to do in the role. Mm. So you have to look at the granular details of the role itself. And sometimes people just want someone who's like the face of the company, say, for example, dermatology. You want a dermatologist yeah. to be the face of the company but put them in a CML role. But the reality is that pool of specialists is actually relatively tiny compared to the wider pool of doctors and if you want someone who has also got commercial experience who's worked in health tech startups like you could probably count that and the dermatologist would probably count that per like those people on like two hands you know what i mean mm. so it really is about the size of the market and what particularly you want them to do in that that specific role um, and those roles can always be split up so you get the best of both worlds so you're not having to use that, say, dermatologist seven, near five days a week, you might get them in as like an expert occasionally and then have another doctor who is able to do the broader work. But then I, I've seen lots of health tech companies who specialize in a certain area that don't have a single specialist on their team and they're thriving. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. There's no right or wrong answer. But yeah. I think it's more like, especially if you're on the early stages and you don't necessarily have the budget to be, you know, hiring a high level consultant who is top of their game, it's not the end of the world. And you can get, you can get around that without any issues. I think that's a good, it's a good answer. It's a good sensible answer that appreciates the complexity that realistically you're right. If you're looking for someone in more of a leadership role or more of a uh, ambassador role, 
then yes, the the higher up the better makes sense as a concept. And similarly, for someone that's writing content or that kind of thing, if they're more junior, does it matter? Perhaps not. So there we go. There is no one answer to who to take. If you're a company, there is no answer of exactly when to leave when you're a clinician. If you are a clinician looking to leave, that decision is very personal. It should be very personal to you. And if you are a company, really have a look at that individual. Decide where you're bringing them in, what you're bringing them into, and match those skills and that seniority to that. That's what I really get from listening to Abena there. And we do hire clinicians too at Somex, and we really... Do listen to that sort of advice when we're thinking about doing that. If you are looking for a job in the health tech space, you can head to healthtechpigeon.com. You can get our newsletter, Health Tech Pigeon. Uh, we stick a few jobs in there every single week. We don't overwhelm you. It's two or three, I think, a week. So yeah, you can grab that and see if any of those jobs are relevant to you. And if you want to learn more from Abena, you can listen to that full episode. That's episode 263, all about Abena's background and how she started the company and everything she's got going on. And as always, you can follow me on LinkedIn and you can head to somex.co.uk to see everything that I am up to there. Enjoy, guys. Have a good week. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review and you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.